This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. Welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And today, Matt, we are missing Brady D. Oh, yeah. Well, he's he's away from work. He's away from the podcast. It's, it's feeling empty. It's feeling empty. But we do have a replacement. Well, wait, we should say it's feeling empty in our lives, but his life has gotten much fuller. Much fuller. Brady D had a baby. Well, to be clear, a his little wife. girl. And his, it was his wife, yeah, it was his wife. <laughs> but yeah, no, Braden had a baby last night. We're super excited. And so what we're doing here is we've invited a good friend of ours and fellow realtor, John Loomer. Thank you for having me, guys. Big shoes to fill, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Literally, he wears a size 13. Huge, he's he's huge an enormous shoes. guy. He's generally. an enormous man. He is. <laughs> I, don't, now... I don't even know why I'm trying to wear them. It's kind of ridiculous. And it's the radio. <laughs> you look like a clown. Yeah, you do look like a clown. But the uh... You're also wearing big shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Ouch, Matt. Come on. But anyways, we're having a celebratory uh, beer on Braden's behalf. So, Braden, if you're listening, uh, congratulations. Yeah, mazel tov. Mazel tov. And uh, you can't say that. John's, John, can Matt? Everybody can say can mazel Matt, tov. Can Matt say uh, mazel tov, John? Everybody can say mazel tov. Okay, okay. You heard it here first. There you go. Not only do we have John Loomer here, but we also have Ray Macklem, mortgage broker, reoccurring guest, old family friend. Yeah, Ray's a great guy. He's a, he's a great mortgage broker, award-winning broker. And he's actually going to be talking to us about the, the rate changes that are currently happening. And there's yeah, talk what happened about, this morning, right? Yeah, and quarter there's talk about increase. another quarter-point increase coming. So 
you know, we ask Ray basically, should people be getting a variable or a fixed rate? Should they um, be getting a rate hold at this time? You know, what's to come? Yeah, what is, what's the impact on the market? Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, we did know Ray. We, we've I've known Ray for years. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we went to the same elementary school. Yeah, for sure. Ray Macklin, in fact, actually, he was born on February 29th, which means he's a leap year baby. So wait a second. Ray Macklin was the Peace Arch News' reader's choice mortgage broker? At nine years old. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, but John, yes. you're, you're still here. Quick, quick question for you. Mm. Can you help us field? We've got three email questions today. I would love to help you field these questions. Yeah. Okay. These are ones Perfect. that Brady D. Well, he probably could answer them, but he yeah. ain't here, so. Exactly. So we're, we got John helping us out. So the first question right now from Peter in, not in Vancouver, actually. He's in Burnaby, isn't he? He's in Burnaby. Uh, he says, how should you get the most out of your relationship with a realtor? John. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I think that this is something that uh, I think about a lot when you're dealing with people day to day. Um, it feels like some people are getting the most out of your services and some people are definitely um, not taking the right approach. And um, obviously the contact is a big deal. It's a business that's not like other businesses and you really can become a part of people's lives when they're looking for a property, especially if it's something that they're going to live in. And those people should be um, helping you to become a part of their lives and uh, leaning on you as much as possible, reaching out and and helping to maintain a dialogue. And I say that with the caveat that some people are just trying to get a sense of the market, and I totally understand that, and I encourage them to take as much time as they want to get a sense of the market. But remember that there's a person who uh, is working with you. In all likelihood, there's lots of different arrangements, but probably they're not charging you by the hour, so you should be reaching out and considering the fact that you've got your nine to five to deal with and probably a whole lot of other stuff. And this is someone who is, um, at least in theory, thinking about real estate all day, every day, and probably has some insight um, that, that you would find helpful. And uh, that's, that's what the realtor is there for. So sometimes I feel like people are not reaching out as much as they should. And, it, and you can tell, you can kind of tell by how long it takes a person and uh, by the questions you get, you can really move the process forward when you have that good back and forth. Yeah, one thing that I always find a challenge in this business is, you know, you're working with a lot of people, you're engaging a ton of people, like I speak to more people in a day as a realtor, you know, than I did probably in a year prior to prior to getting into this business. And I think one of the things that what you're saying, John, it makes me think about is how you're trying to engage everybody and and extract that information so you can help them best but you don't want to be too aggressive, right? Like some people are like, whoa, slow down. You know, I'm just looking or, you know, whatever. But everybody has a different expectation. So I do think you're right. When, you know, if I was a buyer right now, I would be, uh, I would be the aggressive one because I think that's how you, you I do actually, get the... I, I agree with that. I think that as a buyer, you should be a squeaky wheel a bit, right? Uh, squeaky wheel gets to grease. Because you'd be pointing out properties you're interested in, be engaging in a dialogue with your realtor, and you're going to get a lot of attention. You're going to get a lot of good advice. I think if you're if you're silent and you're just waiting, sometimes realtors have a lot of clients just like any other business, and if they're not hearing from you as well, and they're following up periodically, 
um, you know, they might not know how serious or how aggressive you're actually pursuing certain properties if you're not letting them know, right? Yeah. And, and you know, you hear it often, oh, I don't want to waste your time. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's true. Some people use that as kind of a deflecting mechanism, like, you know, take the hint, get lost. Uh, some people actually don't want to waste your time. And it's really hard to kind of, you know, no, waste my time. Um, it, it puts you in a bit of a bind. So I would say definitely use your realtor because, you know, that's what they do. They're there to help you. Yeah, and, and I also often speak to people about this and put it in uh, terms that I used to use actually when I was a lawyer before I became a realtor. And sometimes people would... Uh, would wonder what the lawyer was doing um, and I would explain it's it's much like getting uh, a plumber or anybody else who's going to do work for you um, in any other area and you think well I could probably figure this out for myself if I put the amount of time into it that that was necessary I'm smart enough and uh, maybe I don't need anybody else from the outside giving me their opinions and that's true for so many things and it's true amazingly for the legal system for a lot of things but also for real estate. It's true that people can wrap their heads around this stuff. But if you do have uh, your hands full with, with regular life and you have someone else who's willing to offer you um, their perspective and opinions and input on different stuff, and it's something that they're dealing with uh, on a daily basis as a career, uh, often that is going to save you a lot of time, which is why we pay people to do uh, certain things for us. And I feel like with uh, with realtors, at least for a certain section of the people that I'm talking to uh, on a daily basis, they don't look at it that way, but certainly that's the way I look at it. You've got someone who is uh, willing to help you. And again, often with uh, with nothing being charged up front, there's no consulting right. fee, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, what else is like that? And there's, no. there's very few other And clearly we're talking about uh, helping people on the buy side. Right yes. Now. There's, yeah, there's no, the buy side. But you know what? On the list side, you never have the, the, it's that structurally different, right? Yeah. The the person that's going to list their property is not, you know, uh, nervous about engaging your services. Or right? Fewer people yeah. are yeah. looking to go their own way uh, when they're listing yeah. property. Moving on to question two quickly here. This is a question actually from somebody in Vancouver, and I'm not sure. It didn't I think it was it. Alex. Okay, you got it, Matt. Uh, Alex, should I buy a property right now? Okay, so... Uh, this email was sent last week, but we'll just talk to uh, this week. Yeah, yeah. Because last lots week changed. you definitely should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This week maybe not so much. Yeah, John, th this is one of those questions where um, a realtor will tend to mention the crystal ball that we don't have. Yeah. And um, another question that that we get a lot that's related is, what is what can I buy today that will uh, make me a profit in six months or a year, which is sure. such a crazy question because obviously if there was a good answer to that, everybody would be doing it. It would drive up the price of that particular product and uh, you would have to be looking at something else. But uh, if you're looking for a place to live in, then what I usually say to people is try not to pay attention to that kind of thing. It's like buying long-term investments. If you're buying an index fund in the stock market, you don't think about the time that you're buying in. You just get your buy your index fund and you wait 30 years. Right. Um, and that's ideally what you're going to be doing, especially with a, a home that you're buying for your family to live in, um, in uh, in the real estate market, whatever the real estate market is. It's it's very hard to play the game of waiting for the exact right moment to buy that family home. As an investor, you might be thinking a little bit more about it, but it's still a very, very tricky game. And we have to remember that um, over the last three years, we've been waiting for this market to crest and collapse, and it, it just hasn't happened yet. 
Collapse is maybe a little strong. Yeah, and crest maybe. John, come on. Oh, Matt sorry. and I have just been monitoring the market. We Nobody's also waiting around. Have here. A, we have Nobody's a dictionary. Waiting. Yeah, I but was it, testing you guys. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I think that's a very good point. I mean, that that's how I was thinking of answering the question as well. It's it's often we talk to people about well, what is your intended goal with the property, right? Is it to you might have a a different buying strategy if you're planning on flipping it than you would if you're planning on living in it, obviously, right? Um, but Besides that fact, we had Dustin Woodhouse on the program a few months back, and he was talking about the long-term hold strategy, right? Also, just to point out, uh, has anybody called this market better than Dustin Woodhouse? No. Like, no remember Dustin, when yeah. I, I thought Dustin was so aggressive in January when he was said, you know, he had his, the snow was on the ground prediction, and when it melts, look out? Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, sorry, continue. No, uh, and I, I agree. And I think that's the thing is is when you look at what Dustin was saying about you, you should be looking at this as a as a long the genius investor is a long term holder. Yeah. Right? I mean you're either doing that or you're or you're flipping. And if you're flipping, you have to be very calculated about the buy and the sell. You gotta make money on the buy and you gotta make sure that you time the sell, right? And if you're not if you're not in that game, then I think the idea is to hold and if you hold long enough, you're gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, one thing I'd say about is it the time to buy, you know, I think we all probably adhere to the same strategy of, of buy and hold five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, are you, you really think you're going to look back and go, man, I can't believe I lost money on that property I bought 10 years ago? Uh, probably not. Short term, interestingly enough, is a much more difficult call. And right. and people are doing that right now. Um, and, and it's always a it's it's more challenging. But one thing I would say is at this time last year, everybody I think I, that I was speaking to, and I remember because this was like right before the buyers, the foreign buyers tax, mm-hmm. and everybody was would have said the same thing. This is not the time to, to buy for the short term. Well, so it sort of points to the, in my mind, unpredictability. How, the, how unpredictable it is and how there's always, there's inherent risk in that. And the, and the risk is elevated because of the short term play. But it's really, really challenging to to call those. What is your okay? Just this is only opinion based. What are your opinions in terms of right now buying on the short, John? Um, I, I'd never advise this. I mean, I can't feel comfortable advising people uh, because it's just too easy for that to go wrong. It's just not a safe piece of advice to give people to say this is a smart uh, thing to do with your money. There's a an inherent risk there. It's very much like the stock market. If you're going to pick an individual stock and hope that it's going to go up uh, in the short term, you might score big, but uh, you might not. So I, I don't think that people should plan for that if they do, because I think there's still a lot of people when I have this discussion with people who still say that or they seem to be saying to me that that's still their intention, that uh, you have a backup plan. So I think one of the conversations I have often on a day-to-day basis is people are looking at what their friends or... Uh, people they know have done with uh, pre-sale properties in the last few years, and they've purchased mm-hmm. uh, assignments, uh, or they've purchased the pre-sales uh, with a very low down payment, and then they were uh, assigning those properties and making a very good return on their down payment. And those people are looking and assuming that the next three years are going to be like the last three years for that kind of property purchase. And a lot of things have changed. That, that Flipping makes assignments is a scary game right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's well, it's a very popular game. 
And I think for that reason, especially, it's it's been targeted as it's, something. That... It's on the radar, yeah. But it makes sense right now. But for example, even just the deposit structure that the developers are asking for, uh, we're and the assignment seeing, fees. We're finally seeing, yeah, the assignment fees is one thing, but we're seeing now twenty five percent deposits. So to get an uninsured mortgage, you want twenty percent down. A developer is going to ask you for twenty five percent down on an assignment on a pre-sale that you can't actually and a three percent assignment fee. like this these numbers are starting to get amazing yeah. and you can't fault the developers they're asking for something that people at this point in time are very willing to give well them. no and people are falling they're very over each other it. to do it right mm -hmm. that's the when There's when people talk and i know we we've talked recently about you know say the joyce development and how astronomical those prices were they still sold them so yeah. i mean when you talk about what the market dictates it's like man. i feel like on the ground level people that i'm talking to that have been through the buying process for pre-construction right now they're frustrated they're angry we had the ndp housing critic david eb on first thing he talked about was assignments yeah. and flipping assignments Notably. and i you know it's I, on it's on the radar i i feel like if there are changes coming to the housing market that's what going to be the it's, first it's that's going to be the first thing yeah. targeted yeah so it's a little bit scary i mean what i would say about uh is it the right time to buy now on the short term it goes back to we had an episode about um is now a good time to invest mm -hmm. and a few of the lessons drawn from that episode that we pointed out i mean one is it's it's specific on area it's also specific on price right? We've talked about making money on the buy side. It's challenging in a market like this, but it still happens and you just have to be patient. And I think if you, the key obviously on the long term is not when you buy, it's when you sell. On the short term, you have to be much more concerned with buying right and buying smart. And that takes patience and time and putting together a team, right? Absolutely. And just to echo what John said, having a plan B, Right. So don't buy something that does. if you're going to flip something, don't buy something that you can't do rentals in mm. when Yo, you yeah. already have a primary residence and you have no intention of living there. Or a pre-sale, you know, you can't complete on that. Your whole plan is to assign this property before right. you complete. That's crazy. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So, well, OK, so so basically and, and I think uh, we've covered a lot of ground here on should I buy a property right now? Yeah. Generally speaking, I do think uh, just as a final thought. You know, you got to look at price band too, and we've talked about that. But right now, certain price bands are really soft, and you know, if you were going to capitalize on a soft market and buy against the grain, there's opportunities there. Certain price bands are are red hot right now, but I do think that right now, this this whole there seems to be a lot of news, increased rate, right? There seems to be the NDP government coming in, a lot of things that people think are going to change the climate a bit. So we might be in a better buying position in a month, or, yeah, or a few months yeah. from now, right? But the only... The, you can't predict that, though. You can't predict that. And just as a, as a final thought against that is the instability politically has been around for months now. Like, that should have been factored into the market, right? Rates have been... People have been talking about that for a while, and it's still... It hasn't been factored into the market, or we haven't seen any change. So to play the devil's advocate there, it's kind of unclear on where exactly this leads because it's like... You know, we're still seeing like June stats. It's difficult to say now to a family with a young family. They're hopefully looking for maybe a two bedroom condo in a nice neighborhood. And they have a half million dollar budget, which is amazing. I mean, in any other market, they'd be looking at a very nice house. And they've been looking and looking. They've seen that the prices have been going up and up and up. And now you're going to tell them back off, wait for the 
slower market, it's very hard because if that doesn't I wouldn't happen, in that case though. So. In that, that case, I would tell them. Scary. In that case, I would tell them that they're buying a home, right? Sure. And that's and money's cheap, and that's a goal, right? That's a different goal. What I'm talking about is on the short. Yeah. Question three. Yeah. Question number three comes from Claire in Kelowna. Claire in Kelowna. Um, so Claire says, uh, can you guys share an interesting thing that you've seen in the market? Something bizarre. Bizarre. Hmm. I don't know about bizarre, <laughs> but uh, we did uh, we did mention that, uh, that Joyce uh, pre-sale. So we've been That's talking. That's bizarre. Wow, <laughs> it is a little bizarre. We've been talking about Joyce as an area that might be undervalued like we uh, like to look for areas that seem not to be tracking the rest of Vancouver and we can't find a good reason for it and we're expecting um, prices to go up there uh, as a result and Joyce is an area that we've been looking at because of metro town values and the fact that the Joyce area is actually in Vancouver on the other side of Central Park it seemed like an area that was undervalued but then you have this developer West Bank, a very respected developer, come in and they, they have massive projects and uh, and they just launched their tower. And we were a little bit taken aback by uh, the prices that, again, as Matt mentioned, people were falling uh, falling over each other to, to snatch up these units, whatever the price was. And, uh, you know, it, it's always a little bit opaque, like we can't give a price sheet here, but we were a little bit surprised at at what these units were going for. And uh, nevertheless, it didn't stop this tidal wave of interest and demand for pre-sales that we're currently experiencing in Vancouver. Just there's clearly not nearly enough demand to match interest, whatever these things are priced at. Supply. Uh, supply. There's plenty of demand. <laughs> plenty of demand. <laughs> not enough supply. Yeah, in, in terms of um, interesting things in the market, I mean, I don't have a, a bizarre story. I, I was just on holiday uh i got back yesterday i was on holiday last year when the foreign buyers tax was announced and one thing is and this might be personal it's hard to read although it feels like deja vu to me right last year in july in the lead up to the foreign buyers tax i had the same feeling about the market like it was still very active but it's hard to describe the feeling, right? It's still very active, but it feels like maybe because there seems like there's political policy changes coming, the move is shifted from the spring market. Part of that is just the fact that it's the summer and, and there's always a summer summer slowdown. Right. But yeah, I came back feeling very, very similar to last year, uh, actually when I was leaving, uh, which was late July. And uh, yeah, that's just my my feeling right now is it feels very similar to summer 2016 take that for what it's worth. Right. right. Do you think this is what Claire was actually asking? Because, I mean, I have a story about uh, one time we saw an entire apartment before we realized that there was a tenant taking a shower. <laughs> that was bizarre. But uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you. we took that in the wrong direction. Yeah, might, we might have taken that in the wrong direction. But I actually, um, um, my bizarre story right now is, is, and I've had this conversation with a lot of clients of mine, the one bedrooms now have gotten so ridiculously expensive downtown that the gap between one bedrooms and two bedrooms no longer makes sense. Yeah, I'm watching one. two beds sit in the eight to nine hundred range, not sit for a long period of time, yep. but stuff that thought they were getting multiple offers on and they didn't. And now they're on the market 20, 30 days in great buildings downtown, newer buildings. And I'm seeing one bed selling for 720, 750, 885. And it doesn't, 
it to yeah. me it's like smart money is buying two beds right now yeah yeah like the lower price point two beds you know maybe i won't put that in writing but I will record it on a podcast and <laughs> put it out but, to the world. Yeah, but my point is, is that that gap seems very narrow right but, now and between one beds and two beds. But that point speaks to what we've been talking about about the gap narrowing uh, across the board, especially in the detached to townhome and then the townhome to condo. That all yeah. these all attached all these is up attached there. is is moving closer. Where I said when I was away to uh, my my wife's dad, my father in law. Houses in Vancouver are expensive, but you know what makes houses look cheap? Look at what one bed's downtown sell for. Sure, yeah. sure. I mean, yeah, no, that's a good point. Well, hey, listen, we're uh, we're now almost 25 minutes into the introduction, so maybe <laughs> without further ado, let's go to our conversation with mortgage broker Ray Macklem. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Ray Macklem, mortgage specialist with Dominion Lending Centers. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Hey, thanks for taking the time. But we should also say you're also the reader's choice mortgage broker for the Peace Arch News. Yes, yeah, that was a, that was a fun, pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, hey, thanks for coming back on. We always enjoy having you on. Um, so, Ray, oh, can my, you my can you can you give us an update on rates? What's going on with the interest rates right now? Yeah, as most people will have seen uh, uh, by now, the Bank of Canada raised their prime lending rate by a quarter of a point. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, most banks have followed suit in raising their prime lending rates a quarter of a point to pass it on to consumers. So what this is really going to affect is people holding variable rate mortgages, home equity, or, or just personal lines of credit, uh, and that type of thing. So, so they're going to see that quarter point increase reflected in, in their monthly payment going forward. How big of a deal is this, Ray? Like I was, I had CBC News on this morning, uh, and you know, as they were talking about it all morning long, is it is it a big deal? I mean, it's it's significant in that we haven't seen a rate increase in seven years, so it's not insignificant. But at the same time, it's not it's not the end of the world. I mean, a lot of people will look at this and think, "Oh my goodness, rates are going to go through the roof." And and that that's just simply not what's going to happen going forward. I mean, if, if anything, if if we have turned the corner, and our, our economy is growing stronger. It'll be a slow and steady increase, most likely going forward. And we're not going to see all of a sudden one and two percent dumps and, and people not being able to afford their loan payments and so forth. So, Ray, you qualify a lot of people for financing. What are you putting people in or what are, what are you encouraging people to to get a, a, a fixed rate or a variable? You know, I, I still believe in the variable rate product. It, it's historically been uh, better for consumers in terms of, of how much money and interest they can save over time. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with variable rate discounts because usually that rate is tied to prime and you get a discount off of it. So there still are some, some excellent variable rates out there that are significantly better than fixed rates, even with this this now rate increase. So we'll have to, to crunch some numbers and take a look at it and, and see what happens towards the end of the year. Um, obviously, the conversation is going to change a little bit with this increase, but but I still do uh, believe strongly in variable rate products for consumers. So with this increase here uh, for people that have a variable rate, what type of like dollars and cents, monthly payments, uh, what type of impact is this going to have on, on people's payments? Yeah, so, so what we're talking here with this quarter point increase is, is about $13 
per $100,000 of mortgage. So what that means is that if you have the average mortgage in, in Greater Vancouver, which is around $400,000, you're looking at a $52 increase in your monthly payment going forward. So not insignificant, but not certainly crippling enough that, that you know the average person wouldn't be able to swallow that comfortably. And so with fixed rates, though, if you locked into a fixed rate, you'd be paying more anyway than that $52. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, fixed rates right now, you know, when, when news came out last month that it was probable the Bank of Canada would raise their prime rate at this next meeting that happened this morning, um, fixed rates went up. There was a sell-off in the bond market, and fixed rates went up as a result. So even today, variable rates are still substantially lower than what fixed rates are. So, Ray, we had you on before. We were talking about um, tightening of certain lending rules that was months back now. What are you seeing in terms of, is it harder to get a mortgage these days? It is. It definitely is. I mean, it's kind of a tale of, of two sectors of the market. Well, with the broker side of things, when, when we're dealing with clients, we have less discretion. So our channel is, is pretty much forced to, to abide by the rules, which is a good thing. That's what we want. On the bank side of things, what happens is in a lot of cases is they're a little bit more discretionary because they're lending off their balance sheet and, and perhaps some existing relationships might take precedent over hard and fast guidelines that that are set by governing bodies. So now the guys have decided to to take a look at those books and audit them and make sure people are playing by the rules. And audits have happened recently, and, and banks had to tighten up those those policies. So yeah, to answer your question in a really long way, it, it has gotten tighter for the outside of the box type mortgages to to get approved. So Ray, we've seen the rules tighten up. We've seen the rate increase here that sounds like we shouldn't get too worked up about, but uh, there's been a rate increase, rules tightening up. Which markets do you think, obviously this is across the country, which markets do you think are going to be most affected by, by these changes? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to, I mean, really it's going to affect everyone because it, it doesn't, you know, a rate increase like this doesn't necessarily have regional impact. I know a lot of, a lot of pundits like to look in particular at the Vancouver and Toronto housing markets and say, oh, well, is this, is this going to be what precipitates the bubble bursting? And, and the reality is it's just not the case. I mean, this, this market in Vancouver is not interest rate driven. I mean, we've experienced any number of changes in lending guidelines over the last seven years. And realistically, qualification is harder now than it was seven years ago. Meaning that if you look at what you could qualify for based on previous rules versus what you can qualify for today, your affordability has actually been eroded substantially by the new guidelines. So as much as we want to think that low interest rates have really spurred this, and to a certain extent, monthly payments and and lower interest rate costs will bring people to the market. It's not the only reason why our market or Toronto has has blown up. So, I mean, certainly everyone's going to feel this to some extent. You know, obviously, I think people carrying the most amount of debt are going to feel it the most. Um, but, you know, again, a lot of people like to look at Toronto and Vancouver and wonder when, when the other shoe's going to drop. And, and I just don't see uh, this fundamentally changing uh, too much for us out here. So, Ray, do you, th- do you think that this change is a, is a precursor to more changes coming down the road? or by, by many accounts with economists, there is the expectation that towards the end of the year, likely in October, we'll see another quarter point increase. Um, now that said, there are a lot of variables that will impact that. You know, it's, it's at the beginning of, of the year, this year, there was talk of interest rate cuts and all of a sudden, on, you know, within a month, 
a surprise announcement from the Bank of Canada, and we're looking at interest rate increases for, for the next year. So thing, things change quickly. Um, things like the strength of the world economy, things like our, our neighbours to the south, and if they want to get protectionist with their trade, things like our inflation rate, which is still exceedingly low and, and right. well below the target rate. So there, there's a lot of factors that are going to go into it, but as of today, it, it seems most people, uh, you know, that are doing the research on the economic side are, are predicting uh, a rate increase come October. Uh, Ray, it's John here. How are you? I'm well, John. How are you? <laughs> Very good. I had a question for you. It's a bit of a tangent, but uh, staying on the topic of uh, basically which direction the market is heading, which we're always talking about, uh, I was wondering if you, as someone from within the mortgage industry, had a perspective on recent developments with Home Capital Group. I think a lot of people were looking at uh, what happened there with that particular lender um, seeming to encounter some troubles that were, I think, bringing up for a lot of people echoes of the subprime mortgage crisis in in the States. And then uh, Warren Buffett came in, of all people, and seemed to save the day. And now today, apparently, there's a mention of, uh, in the Financial Post, of a new uh, CEO for uh, for Home Capital Group, are people talking about this? What's the perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's it, Home Capital is just an interesting conversation in, I guess, media release, public perception. You know, when when, when news broke of of Home Capital and some issues with with some people they had sending in some not so uh, above board business, uh, it did it did bring back memories of the collapse and, and the subprime crisis. But the reality of Home Capital's book is very much different. You know, even, even the loans that, that shouldn't have been granted were well-performing loans over and above the rest of their portfolio, which is actually a very strong portfolio. So the underlying numbers of Home Capital's book dictated that all of this criticism was completely unfounded. And, and as you saw with somebody like Warren Buffett coming in, I think that rings as a pretty strong endorsement of the quality of that portfolio. Um, so it, it definitely has been a hot topic in our industry because it, it, it is reflective of our industry and it is reflective of a lender that, that supports our industry. So it's certainly a lot of us watch with great interest as, as that unfolded. And it is really nice to see uh, Warren Buffett and, and CIBC and a number, number of other major Canadian banks jumping in and buying up shares and stock in that company to, to bolster it. But yeah, this new appointment with uh, user Basada, you know, he's, he's an industry veteran. He's been around the block, uh, very well respected, and, and I think it, it brings nothing but good things. And uh, you know, I think this uh, this chapter in, in their story will will be not so fondly remembered, but hopefully they'll laugh about it over a beer one day. Right. Well, hey Ray, um, just quickly before we let you go, can you talk about some of the products that people could expect to get if uh, if they give you a call? In terms of, of rates? Yeah, rates and uh, what what's the posted rate right now? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, you know what? You're not going <laughs> there? Up on that one. You know, because right now that conversation is, man, it is hard to have, right? Are you are you high ratio? Are you conventional? Is it right. finance? Is it fixed variable? Like that, that's, uh, that's, that is quite honestly my least favorite question because, and, and now there's even talk of more guideline changes. It, it's it's just impossible to answer. It, it, for, some, for, for me to give you a blanket statement on rates, it's not like it was last year where I can say, hey, we've got a great promo at... Two five nine on a fixed. It's. I mean, it it could be two four nine. It could be three one four. That's a great reason to call you, Ray. How can people get a hold of you? <laughs> uh, they can get me uh, on my cell phone directly at seven seven eight nine six eight five two seven eight. Okay, 
And uh, website? Uh, RayMacklem.ca. Well, hey, thanks so much, Ray, for coming in. Peace Arch News is Reader's Choice uh, Award winner and uh, Dominion Lending Center uh, mortgage broker. An all-around great guy. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Ray Macklem, mortgage broker, elementary school friend, colleague, and uh, do they call them colleagues in elementary school? I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. And also nine year old. Yeah. You've met my son and his colleague in grade one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. That's not a thing. It's a compliment. It's it's a compliment. <laughs> you know what it is? It's a compliment. <laughs> so uh, and and we forgot to say we got uh, John Loomer who's been joining us. Thank you very much, John, John. Loomer, uh, fellow, uh, not colleague. I'd almost go as far to say his partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, he 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 works with us and. Uh, and yeah, this has been a very insightful interview, and uh, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. John, we are uh, drinking a couple beers here tonight. We're on beer number two. We just cracked it. We're drinking all local beer in celebration of Braden's oh, new baby. Wait, yeah, was it local? Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's all local. Yeah. Uh, oh, did, do you yeah. not know that? Mine's Matt? from Germany, I think. <laughs> this is awkward. And Anheuser Busch. So Sean, give your beer. What are you drinking tonight? Give us a plug here. Well, I'm known as a bit of a dandy around the office, and I'm that drinking. That is true. A, he does wear a bow tie. Uh, something from the small batch series at Granville Island. This is a ghost with peach, a delicious summer sour style, and uh, yeah, you can keep going and going under the sun. Wow. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. great. I'm uh, I'm actually I'm drinking a beer. I was we were supposed to keep it in Vancouver. I actually got a beer from Victoria. It's called Hoyn Pilsner, and uh, I showed you up. Have to a good, the... You have a good story about Hoyn Pilsner. Don't no, you? you know what? I and I don't know if it's real. Actually, I heard it. I it was kind of one of these. Actually, I think Brady. It was, it was Terry O'Reilly's story. I no, think. it wasn't. No. It was Brady D. I think told me. I think the guy set out to to make the perfect Pilsner for his wife, who loved Pilsner. And uh, I think he nailed it because this is one of the best Pilsners I've ever had. If you want a great place to try it at, go to the Heatley. They have it on tap. Well, I have less of a story with mine. I just brought uh, a Bomber Pilsner. And uh, they taste good and I buy them regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Bomber. Okay, so we all got... uh, So yeah, hey, if you want to email us your favorite beer in Vancouver, we're always happy to... uh, check out new beers and yeah, we're going to be doing do. on the on the more of the round table style episodes i think we're going to be having uh local yeah breweries. i think this so, is something we should I, check I out let john us know. loomer was a great addition here and uh we should do this again and Absolutely. if you want to mail us your favorite beer in vancouver that's even better <laughs> than the email so try let that me guess, let me guess it's so wait to your but, address yeah if they don't give us your address but seriously john how can people reach you people can reach me at john at john there's no h in the john j-o-n at j-o-n-l-u-m-e-r or by phone 604-916-1871 or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouver real estate podcast.com and I'm back, 778-847-2854, or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And Matt, I think we're at about 116 reviews right yeah. now on iTunes. So there's still four spots left for the draw yeah. and a real mega prize. So uh, stick around Oof, for that. That's gonna and be... go and review the podcast. It's the biggest compliment that you can give us, and we appreciate and read every review. And, and last, we should say private client services, 
This has been a huge success. Uh, tons Absolutely. of people, tons of people have signed up, for... and so many people have reached out to say how it's it's changed the way that they monitor the market. We yeah. really appreciate that. You can get sold prices. You can get listings about thirty six to seventy two hours before they hit MLS public days MLS. on market. Basically, all the it's realtor, realtor level information. Yeah. It is so. Go to our website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com slash PCS, and sign up for your own private client services account and the only thing i'll say is certain people who have signed up without getting in touch with us um you want to you want to make sure you have it fairly specific that's the only thing because i see people you know they're seeing 500 listings that's not the most effective way to do it so if you want uh, help in calling the uh the listing heard call adam or myself absolutely so have a great week guys and we'll see you next time take care Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.